following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Good evening, everyone. Thank you once again for joining us for the High Low Sports Podcast here on this Wednesday evening. We appreciate you all joining us here to talk about what is going on in the world of sports and a little bit of everything else as well. We got a pretty fun show today going back to the roots of a little bit of recaps, maybe a little bit of rants and a little bit of rankings. So we got those of you who've been around for a while, you know exactly what you're in for. And we're going to be sure to cover all of our bases here today. It is DJ joined as always by my co-host Kelsey. And Kelsey, as I mentioned, we're good. We're out of the NFL draft for now, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. We can kind of focus on on the good stuff, going on random rants about rankings, and then recapping those rankings. Yay, my favorite. No, uh, yeah, no, it is it is nice to kind of be out of the uh, the the draft cycle for a second. But I will say, I do kind of uh, already miss the draft cycle, but it's okay because you know, coming up soon, we'll we'll have not just the draft cycle to talk about, but um, how those draftees are, are are playing, and then you know, we'll actually know exactly what days they're going to be playing on here soon. Exactly as well too. And you know what the NFL draft season never truly sleeps. It just kind of takes it doesn't ever fully hybrid. It just kind of takes it doesn't even really take a day off. We just kind of turn away from it for a moment because we don't drive ourselves insane. But it, it's still out there and it's still in full swing. There's still the 2024 mock drafts out there as well. So there's there's a lot to look out for. Look, let's say let's just say if the NFL was our girlfriend, we, this would be the time of year in which the NFL would be like, Hey, you're not spending enough time with me. And and we'd just be like, uh, sorry, it'll be okay in two weeks. Don't hmm. worry. Don't worry, we got your back. We'll, we'll get there soon as well. There's already fun stories coming out of minicamp. But today, we're going to talk a little bit of football. We're also going to go to the hardwood as we are in the thick of the NBA playoffs in the second round. Several several teams on the verge of advancing to the next round or might actually be advanced depending on when you listen to this as well, too. So we got a lot to talk about there. And both those got a little bit of something, something to talk about in crunch time as well, too. Maybe some things that be grinding our gears a little bit, you could say as well. But that and a little bit more coming up for sure. It it should be a dream come true, if you will. But for now, that's going to take us into the first part of our show. And that is, of course, the tip-off and the tip-off, of course, brought to you by SeatGeek. Use code BELLIOSPORTS for $20 off your first order. Go ahead and check that out. Get the tickets to your favorite sporting event as well. And you know what, Kelsey? We talked about the NFL. We're just going to jump right into it. Schedule release, the most overhyped thing in all of sports, honestly, because it takes weeks to go through it. They, they know the opponents basically years in advance because it's virtually a cycle minus two or three that are determined by where they finish. The rest of it, we pretty much already already know. We just not want to know where they are and when to buy the tickets as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a little bit of fun. And instead of talking about, like, tell us who's playing. We know some of the matchups. We're going to look at some of some of the better matchups and see where we want them to play, some of the ones we're looking forward to as well. So I'm going to go ahead and kick us off on this one as well, too. We'll go back and forth. We'll go 1-1. One, one. We'll go back and forth on this one. First one I'm looking at, though, the Chiefs are going to New York to take on the Jets at some point. The reason I like this one is because it will be the first time we get Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. The two times they're supposed to play before, one Patrick Mahomes had a broken kneecap, and the other one Aaron Rodgers had COVID toe. So we are robbed of that matchup twice now. So I'm looking forward to hopefully getting that one as well. I want to see those two go head-to-head, and I want to see it maybe like week four, week five, week six. I don't want it week one, two, or three because Aaron Rodgers' new team getting settled in. Patrick, a little bit of a new host, minus number 87, but the rest of the receiving core possibly a little bit of movement there. So I want to see that one maybe in that towards the end of that first month of the season when both teams have their feet under them. Cause I want to see the quarterbacks go head to head. And I want to see it before that New York weather kicks in as well. I don't, I don't need a wood rainstorm, a snowstorm interrupting my Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers throwdown, especially if Aaron Rodgers does still have it, which I think we think he's still got a little something left. He's not quite 2011 slash 2019 Aaron Rodgers, but I'm, it's still a great match to see him and Patrick Mahomes go head to head. And I'm hopeful we'll get to see it at least once before Aaron Rodgers hangs it up. Hopefully the third time's the chunk. Yeah, no, I, I mean, look, I, I, I like this matchup. Um, it looks good uh, on paper. We'll have to wait and see for sure um, whether it actually is good because, you know, no, you never know. Like, this could be a, a, a wintry day in, in uh, you know, New York, and you're just, just disappointed, you know, except for Travis Kelsey, who's going to be catching five-yard touchdown passes all day. But, you know, you wouldn't get to see Aaron Rodgers doing his thing. You wouldn't get to see Bruce Hall. You wouldn't get to see – uh, you know, Patty doing his thing. You you wouldn't get to see all the fun, exciting things that we're, we're hoping from this matchup. Uh, but I will say that, like, you, you look at this and, and, and it, it does, it does. The Jets seem to be the team that I think everybody's kind of highlighting some of these games. And for me, they are one of my games that I'm highlighting. But I actually have the Cowboys and the Jets. And the big reason why is that is old Big Mike versus his boy Aaron Rodgers. And we'll get to see that love fest, whether... 
how that goes. Uh, and, and it is being played in Dallas, so we don't have to worry about those uh, those those worrisome snowflakes, if you will, uh, in, in New York. You don't have to worry about that as much. It is definitely going to be some good weather. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the Cowboys-Jets matchup, I think that'll be – That'd be a fun one. And everybody who's like, oh, you're, you're a Cowboys fan. It, calm down. This is the only Cowboys game on my <laughs> matchup list for something I want to see on primetime. And it's not even because of the Cowboys. I literally just want to see Aaron Rodgers and see what he can do with this Jets team. Because literally it's Packers East, I guess. At so. this point, I mean, throwing Randall Cobb, throw it, maybe they trade for Aaron Jones at this point. Who knows? Just load, load it up on that. On that same no. note, you do you want to see this earlier in the season or later in the season? I'd rather see this later in the season. Personally, I don't want to see a half baked Aaron Rodgers uh, Jets team. And I, I want to see, you know, I, I want all the uh, ashwagandha to be out of his system by the time he plays big Mike and, and squad. So uh, yeah, no, I, I think, I, I think, I think for sure this would be a, this one. I'd, I'd like to see this one, like in December, January, that, that rains like either like week 16, week 15, somewhere in there. Would be great. Definitely not Christmas week, but uh, somewhere around in there. One fun part about that is if everyone's healthy, I want to see full-time Micah Parsons at DN versus Mekti Beckon, who's now 57 pounds lighter, whatever he is as well. So I think that'd be a fun matchup. Granted, they might move Micah away from him just to make his job easier, but I still think that'd be a fun matchup. The ultimate speed athlete versus a mountain of a man who's even 50 pounds down is still an absolute mountain of a man. He got rid of a full-grown man off of him and is still a full-grown man. So that's a matchup that'd be very fun to see as well, especially if that offensive line can gel against that Cowboys pass rush as a whole. Yeah, so, no, I think that'd be cool. Absolutely as well. So the next one I'm going to look at, it's an inner division matchup, but I'm looking at the Browns at the Ravens and I'm picking at the Ravens specifically. The reason I want that one is a, it'll be the first time we see Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson since last year due to on for reasons, we didn't get to see that matchup because one of them was Jacoby Brissett and the other one was Tyler Huntley, if I'm not mistaken. So we didn't get a chance to see that head-to-head matchup. The two big contracts going head-to-head, so from a financial aspect, that's just fun. Two, and I want to see this one on late. I want to see it week one, honestly. I hope they just kick off both their seasons in Baltimore that week so we get the roar of the Baltimore fans getting to keep their guy, Lamar Jackson, like that. It's just a warm welcome, all those new weapons he has as well, too. Finally has receivers of value, not just extended blockers, basically. And then you get, and then you know darn well that they're going to have a, a lot of fun to say for the Browns when they come rolling, especially year two of the Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson era as well too. So curious to see, does he return a little bit to that Deshaun Watson we knew back in the day with DeAndre Hopkins and them, or was last year's six game sample size of foreshadowing of things to come? And I think then with same with Lamar, did they pay for a guy who's only going to play ten games for the year? Is it has his best years behind him, or is that I want to throw for six thousand yards? Well, maybe he's going to try and reach a little bit closer to that that we've seen so far as well. So that's a there's a lot of weird funness that goes into that interdivision matchup, and you know both teams just hate each other anyway, so that just makes it a little bit of fun as well. And Miles Garrett and Lamar Jackson both in the open field, two absolute aliens is just always amusing from a like individualistic matchup too. No, that'd be you know I think that'd be a fun one. Um, I do like the idea of of those two, especially going at it in this this AFC division, um, AFC North division. And I will say, honestly, if we really wanted to, I could have probably put every single AFC North matchup in here Minus because I'm really intrigued by pretty much every single one. Because I'm intrigued by to see even Kenny Pickett, how how much he's grown in this. In, in this and more importantly, you know, uh, how much we're going to see Minka Fitzpatrick pick off all these quarterbacks. Um, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm throwing you in the. I'm throwing you in this in this group. Uh, I mean, but, he threw two to Minka last year, including a pick six. I mean, so you know exactly. what, Minka might just he'll be the ultimate X factor in all these games. Yeah, and it always seems like the AFC North is that kind of that. Look, we have the AFC East, who we all, or the NFC East, who we all know they're going to beat each other up. But I feel like the AFC North is is its own unsung version of that, where they'll beat each other up. But even like when the Browns were bad, they were still competitive against the AFC North teams. Like it was not like they, if they're having a bad season, they're just completely awash in the AFC North. Everybody in the AFC North has a chance. Maybe it's because all the stadiums don't have a dome. I don't know. Whatever the reason is. Um, but yeah, I do. I do like this matchup. Uh, and again, I'm gonna ask you the same question. Uh, you know, is this gonna be one that you want to see early on or late? I want to see this one week one. I want to see it right out of the gate. I don't want. I want to see good weather. Maybe week two or three. You know, I give it week two or three of you. But I want to see basically all guns fired, all cylinders firing, everything full go ahead. I just, I don't want any tomfoolery to kick in. So I want to get this one as early as possible, so nothing could get in the way. So I'm gonna say I get week one, week two, week three, right away out of the gate, just because that. 
I want to see it in Baltimore because I want to see that fan reaction week one. Every fan base that gets a home game is going to lose its, lose its mind. You get that after keeping Lamar Jackson in that tumultuous offseason situation with him. Plus, you know darn well they don't care for number four on Cleveland either. So the roar of when number eight comes out and the distinct thunderous boos of when number four comes out. I look forward to that as a fun way to kick off the season. Maybe they pick that for the Sunday night game. I don't know. It depends how it falls out, but I think that could be a fun one. And to answer the comment we do have, they have not released the schedules quite yet as well. So they release those tomorrow. We're just kind of peeking ahead since we know the matchups. We're just saying which ones we want to see and when we'd like to see them. Yeah, they have released the opponents, which is what we're looking at um, for a lot of these. But so uh, as you went with the two quarterbacks to the highest paid uh, situation, I'm going to go with the two quarterbacks drafted one and two in this year's draft. It just so happened to work out. And let's also not forget number three in this draft was also taken to one of these teams. Uh, so I'm going the Texans at Carolina here. And and for me, I, I agree with you. I want to see this early on. Like I know it'll be ugly early on. It, it will be. It was just it, it's just uh one of those things. But you know, I, I will say that I, I do think we can see a lot of what these two have the offer have to offer from the quarterback position with their teams because I feel like what's gonna we're gonna come out and we're gonna see a Bryce Young who is Bryce Young. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna not gonna surprise anybody. And CJ Stroud, you know CJ Stroud on the other side. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully not surprising mm-hmm. anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and CJ Stroud on the other side, he's trying to get rid of all these doubters from the draft, from the offseason, or from getting through this draft process. Who just were like, all this stuff came up. Um, but yeah, it is, it is one of those situations where I, I'm I'm interested to see the how they perform, and also interested to see how Will Anderson performs against some of these bigger tackles in the NFL. And I also want to see, you know, Carolina's defense. Obviously, they're not young. Well, I mean, they are young, but they're not as young as Will Anderson and Bryce and CJ and, and all these guys. But they're still a young team. I don't want to see how this Carolina defense can also go against another young talent that they're probably going to be facing off against for a long time to come. So I do think this one to be fun. And I do want to see it early on. I don't want to see it late. Um, and also, just jumping back into the comments here, they announced all the special holiday games yeah. today. Uh, and then also in the, the international games. So like the chiefs got the, the nod for Munich or for Germany, I guess it's Dresden this year or something like that. Or Dusseldorf. I can't remember. Yeah. They announced that the international ones. I think the Colts have the Patriots in Frankfurt. Like, I think they got international and some of those special ones as well too, but they haven't got quite into the nitty gritty yet. But yeah, they've, this is what we meant by earlier. It's a very long drawn out overhyped process. They released this little yeah. bits and just throw the whole thing at us at this point. Just let us know. So we could be talking about what games we look forward to and which ones we yeah, like. What, what games I've already bought tickets for is, is going to be the, exactly. the, the answer. Using that code belly of sports at SeatGeek to get those good seats as well, too, is what we could be using. But alas, here we are. I will say I do want to see that matchup, especially early in the season, assuming they don't actually play Andy Dalton, though. Like if, if Andy Dalton's actually going to start early, then yeah, I don't want to see a little that. concerned. Like what, what made them want to do that? And B, that's not as much fun. And yeah, no, if, it, if it's Andy Dalton, get out of here. I don't want to see that. Uh, <laughs> give, give me give me post Andy Dalton in this situation would be great. I'll take that. And on top of that, you've got a first, two first-year head coaches in their new system as well, too, with their new players. CJ Stroud, what are you going to do? And Brian Burns is chasing you down. Will Anderson, you're oh, now I, chasing down Bryce Young. So this will be fun. And I personally, for my favorite thing, the Carolina Panthers get to actually use their Carolina blue color. Um, not actually Carolina blue, but the Carolina Panthers blue, which evidently is supposedly different. Hmm. Wasn't in the Nike color palette until this year. Somehow a color doesn't exist in a color palette because they're too lazy to make it for two years. I don't know. Anyways. It's it literally it changed the color by all of 0.1% difference. So that's uh, more just a noteworthy thing. Well, you know that I, I look forward to seeing that as well. Speaking of speaking of Panthers, we're gonna keep pounding and I'm gonna stick with the Panthers as well, too. And we got another home game is I want to see the Colts at the Panthers as well. And I want to see this one <laughs> late in the season because I want to see the Colts and Frank Reich going head to head as well, too. A little bit of revenge tour for Frank Reich, maybe. I want to see those rookie quarterbacks once again two polar opposites when you look at them next to each other as well, too. So the two different, depending on where you pick, you could basically you pick for complete opposite reasons. So I want to see those two go head to head. And I want to see it late in the season. Cause I want to see both. I want to make sure both quarterbacks are playing. First of all, I don't want to see Gardner Minshew versus Andy Dalton. I won't allow that week one. I want to get yeah, both quarterbacks true. to get some time under there, get some reps in. And I want to see that like the old Philly old coordinator, Shane Steichen and Frank Wright going head to head. Like there's just, there's a lot of weird parallels in this. That I think would be a really fun way to, Towards the back end of the season, maybe both divisions suck. So maybe both of those teams are fighting for a wild card spot or something, or even fighting for a seven, eight, and one division lead. So maybe one of them knocks each other out of the playoffs or something like that as well, too. Fully eliminates them out of the playoff. I wouldn't bet on that, 
by any means, but those divisions are pretty terrible, minus Jacksonville maybe and New Orleans maybe, but the rest of those divisions are pretty up in the air. So that could, I think that could be a fun way to round out the back end of the season. You know, it's, it's funny we were going along with this trend here. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say my next one because it just follows perfectly in with your trend here. Uh, I'm going to go Colts-Texans for the exact same reasons. And I want to see the late – this is the late season game I want to see between the two. I don't want to see the early season – well, hopefully it's an early and late season matchup between the two of them because I'd like to see both. But really the the, the one I want to see in prime times, I want to see the late season game because I do think both these teams will still be competitive in the South. Obviously, I think the Jaguars probably walk away with this division. But I do think these two teams could be competing for a wild card position potentially, and it, it yeah that surprise might surprise a lot of people if I'm like oh the Texans might be competing for a wild card. Look, they did a lot of good things in the last two years of drafts, and getting D'Amico Ryan's in there I think solves a lot of their issues defensively, offensively adding solid pieces. I mean Dalton Schultz, uh, say what you will, and I will say what I will about Dalton Schultz, but he is a very safe option for any quarterback, and especially a quarterback like CJ who is, likes to throw to those mid-range in like mid-range routes which is where Dalton Schultz really made his money at in those like 10 to 15 yard routes that's where he's perfect at add Robert Woods in the system I mean you just you have a uh, you have a match made in heaven with CJ so it's gonna be interesting to see uh but yeah I, I think I think Colts Texans I want to see the late matchup uh as a primetime game just because I think that would be a very interesting one if it ends anything like last year's game or goes anything like that end of the season game too you know it's gonna be absolute fireworks as well so that'd be a fun matchup as well I also would be looking forward to see John Mechie's return in that one as well, too, because we get him back going up into that game. So I think that'd be a, that's a fun matchup. And the, those interdivision matchups are always fun, especially towards the back half of the season as well. And especially if for some reason Jacksonville hasn't ran away the division by that point, and it's up in the air. You, you never know. That could be very, yeah, very hey. interesting for everyone besides the Cardinals who'd be pissed because that draft pick wouldn't be nearly as cool. Yeah, no, exactly. Like you never know. Those last like the AFC South is as I talked about the AFC North and the NFC East earlier. But the AFC South, they beat each other up, but not in a good way. Like, it's usually like, all right, how bad are we going to suck together, guys? Like, I hate to say it that way because there were so many years where they were not that way in the AFC South. But that's how it seems lately. It is just kind of one of those divisions where it's like, all right, guys, who can suck the least to get out? Um, and and so it might see it might see a flip of a coin here this year. And we might be seeing a couple teams here, like you, like you mentioned before, 7-7 seven and seven at one point in time, maybe trying to fight for a playoff spot, trying to get over that hump try to get to maybe a, a winning record here at the end of the season. So um could be, could be interesting to see with those two for sure. Well, I'm going to keep things awfully linear here and I'm going to stick with the AFC South, but I'm going to have the Jaguars going at Buffalo to take on the bills. The reason I'm looking forward to this one is a, I think we both kind of think as of right now, Jackson will probably walk away at that division. Like if everyone else is seven and seven, we expect them to be like, 10 and four or something like that, or whatever yeah, it would work out to be. I, there's no reason Jacksonville shouldn't go five and one in that division. You have the best quarterback, the most experience and you're bringing it you're bringing in Calvin Ridley. So not, yeah. you get basically two first round picks when you think Calvin Ridley plus their actual pick as well, too, that I think it was Harrison as well. So they got a lot going, they got a lot going on, a lot of things to be positive about another year with Doug Peterson at the helm, as opposed to that urban Meyer experiment. We even joked last year during the preseason predictions last year does not count because they have to undo what was urban Meyer. Well, you undid it and you went to the playoffs and you won a playoff game. So I expect Jacksonville to be very, very good this year. So I look forward to a, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen matchup as well, especially Dalton Kincaid now being added to Buffalo, them losing a lot of defensive pieces too. So you imagine they're going to be very offensively reliant next year, I'd imagine. And Jacksonville, we already know, probably will be very offensively reliant. This has a lot of makings for a very good matchup between the, there's like the Joe Burrow, there's Patrick Mahomes clearly won. Then there's Joe, then it's kind of a cluster with like Joe, Allen, Lawrence, Herbert, Jack Lamar, a bunch of those guys kind of right in that group. This is a nice battle between two guys who might be like, hey, I got next. I'm right here as well. So I look forward to that matchup. That could be a fun AFC AFC quarterback duel, which we have plenty of this year. Yeah, exactly. And I, I will say, uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see how Trevor Lawrence expands on what he did last year. I think obviously last year maybe surprised some people because I thought, I mean, we both thought it was like, all right, well, you you know what? It's a wash of a season. Mm-hmm. You go six and six and 11. You, you felt pretty good about yourself, Jacksonville. Good job. But at the end of the day, they did better. Uh, they mm-hmm. went to the playoffs. And so you saw, you got to see Trevor Lawrence actually, like the prodigy Trevor Lawrence really kind of came out to, to play. And it wasn't like he was having exponentially great games by any means. He was just doing the right things at the right time, which is what you need. And I'm not going to say he was game managing his way through the games. He was actually like actually playing to win the games. 
making plays to win games, which is something, you know, beyond what a game manager does, if you've ever heard what our explanation of game manager is. So he took that next step beyond that just game manager I expected last year. So I'm, I'm just to see if he tries to take that next step into superstardom, kind of that step I've been hoping Justin Herbert can take for the last couple of years. Yeah, he hasn't made that step yet. But we did see Josh Allen take that two years ago, um, that huge step forward. Maybe this is Trevor Lawrence's opportunity. And, you know, to show it against somebody like Josh Allen be very interesting as well. Um, and also we get to see whether Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, whether all the rumors in the offseason about Stephon wanting a trade or not continues to, to be a case. Uh, and also I'm really intrigued to see how Calvin Ridley comes back. I, I think he's coming back with a chip on his shoulder. He was already hard enough to cover as it is. In the NFL, it's one of the smallest receivers out there absolutely making people miss just just ignore him basically in routes and just because he was that good running his route so um interesting to see he's had a year just to hone his craft even more so uh, i'm intrigued to see what, how that that matchup goes uh but i'm gonna kind of go i'm gonna switch it up a little bit i'm gonna go across cross conference matchup here i am gonna include one of the great quarterbacks here but i'm on i also want to include a great young quarterback and I'm going the Bears at Kansas City. I want to see this as primetime game because I'm interested to see Justin Fields, Patrick Mahomes on the same field. And everybody's going to be like, well, why? Why? The Bears suck. Well, maybe the case. But what they've done in this draft has, has been very interesting from a pass rushing standpoint. But what they did to protect Justin, on the other hand, is even more important. And I want to see how that offensive line can handle against a what is a good pass rush in Kansas City. So I'm really intrigued to see that matchup and see how Justin can handle that, making those adjustments against a Super Bowl caliber defense. And, you know, maybe it's a too hard of a task to begin with. I'm not expecting a win by any means from Justin Fields, but I want to see, again, I want to see a quarterback try to take that next step, and I want to see Justin Fields show that he can make those steps against a defense. And on the, other, on the flip side, I mean, obviously, anytime I get to see Patrick Mahomes throw up 50 on a team, absolutely fun to watch. So... You know, it is going to be one of those things. But, I, I, I mean, I will say, like, eh, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested about this game. I do also think this could be a trap game for Kansas City, and the Bears could come out here and be like, hey, 24-21 type of victory if, you know, Justin Fields is on his game. So I'm really intrigued to see that for sure. I'm really curious to see what, what Justin Fields is going to look like with those actual receiving targets as well, too, and that – the pass rush, as RJ mentioned as well, too, that pass rush is going to have to be on their P's, Q's, dot the T's, cross the I's, everything like that. Like they're going to have to manufacture. Contain, contain, contain. Like they got to find a, they got to find a way to get after him. Otherwise, it's going to be Chiefs versus Rams of 2018. If Fields is on his, so I think it's going to. But I, I look forward to that one. And the Chiefs do so much pre-snap movement compared to other teams. Like I think by far, as far as pre-snap movement, they were by far leading the league, which is part of the reason they're in trouble. Is sometimes they move a little too much, but. That would be interesting to see how he goes from like pre-snap to post-snap and how many times he takes off and how many times it's like, you know what, DJ Moore's out there somewhere. And it actually works. Something he hasn't really had in his career yet. So that's a definitely a fun one to look at. So a well, lot before, of very- before we get hold on, before we get to your last your last game, let me I gotta bring this up here. He wants to know who, they want to know who we have winning East Division. And I'll go ahead and just throw this out here. I'm not gonna give you my division prediction this early. Uh for no other reason than I'm intrigued to see where these te- like where these teams play each other in, in the regular season because that's going to determine a lot of some of these close games, um, closer matchups. But stay tuned for the next couple of weeks where we will give our division picks, I imagine. Exactly. Normally come August or so is when we do each week. We go full into We go through each every team's record, that sort of thing as well. So you definitely want to stick around for that. I don't have one for each division right now. The one I feel comfortable saying is I think the Chiefs are going to take the West. I'm going to stick with that one now. Okay. Last year I tried That's to get to give it to the Chargers, but I I've learned my lesson. I, until until they go down, it's been seven years in a row. I will stick with the Chiefs in the West. So. That's, yeah. And I'll go with the, I'll go with the Eagles in the East. That would be the slightly more bold one. Those are the two I feel comfortable with right now. Oh man, that's bold because that was going to be my pick too. Was the Eagles in the East? Uh, I I mean, look, I'd say Eagles in the in the NFC East. I'd say potentially. Jaguars, AFC South. Uh, I feel like those two are pretty comfortable. Um, as far as the Chiefs go, obviously, I feel comfortable with the Chiefs. The big division I'm really scared to even give any prediction about is the NFC North. Because I have no idea what's going to happen in that division. Because the Vikings potentially, who knows? It, it really depends on where they play everybody in their season, I feel like, with the Vikings. So that, obviously, tomorrow when they release what days the Vikings are playing and who, will change my answer. And, you know, who knows? Jordan Love could come out like a barn burner and rattle off seven straight victories. I don't know. The NFL, at this point in time, the NFL, I've 
I predict so much of the NFL that I'm just like, ah, eh, I'm going to get it wrong 50% mm-hmm. of the time, but I'll get 50% of it right. I don't know. I never know which, which year it is. Last year was a 50-50 year. The year before that, I got the Super Bowl right, but everything else wrong. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but definitely a lot to look forward to as well. And with our luck, we try and make, pick somebody today, then they'll get injured tomorrow. So I'm going to avoid that mess, but definitely a lot to look forward to. These, so these are some of the games we hope to see in prime time once we get that schedule released tomorrow. But that's going to do it here for the tip off as well. well hold tonight. on, last one, last one. I got one I more. Gave, I gave you all four. Oh, I got one more. I, oh, you I cheated. Okay, well, all right. You got one more. Let's hear it. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to go Lions at Saints because Jamal Williams. And Dan Campbell, too, returning home a little bit there, too. So Yeah, so I'm really interested to see that game. I, I want to see Jamal Williams run all over Detroit. Um, sorry, Lions fans. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do think Jamal Williams has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and we've seen Jamal Williams with chips on his shoulder demolish teams. Um, so, And I'm also really – I mean, the Lions in general, I'm also really interested to see as well. Um, I'm, I actually just want to pull this up. So this is his prediction for NFC. Don't hate it. Uh, don't know about the South. The West feels okay. Seahawks, Lions in the North. I mean, good luck. Uh, Eagles, yeah. I probably agree with it because as of right now, but also I haven't got a chance to look through. But, yeah, that kind of makes sense right now. I like what Seattle did in the draft and the 49ers. I don't know who's playing quarterback, so that one works for me for now. I'm good with it. Oh, oh, this uh, this can't happen, though. The the, the Browns don't win the the North. I'm sorry. That's, That's where I'll stop it right there. I think they're a playoff team, and I think they're in the thick of it. But I, I'd, have, I'd have to do it. the North, the AFC North. I'm gonna have to do some serious thinking. Like when we when we actually do our predictions, that's gonna there's, be the one that causes me to steam out the ears a little bit trying to figure that division out. There's gonna be some coin flippage in the in the AFC North matchups. The East and the Jets. I do think that's interesting because if Aaron Rodgers can get back to like 85 percent of that true form that he showed before last year, that's a dangerous team. So that that's something if, to keep an eye for too. If Brees Hall comes back healthy, and that offensive line can stay healthy. I feel comfortable with saying the Jets have that can at least compete for that division. I am also concerned about the Bills defense because they lost a lot of pieces the last couple of years as well, too. And then plus using losing Tremaine Edmonds, that stalwart yeah. in the middle. Like there's so there's a lot to look forward to, but we'll get on to that later. Like this is not an NFL only show. So that's we're gonna move on before we get lost here. We're now gonna jump. We we could get lost today. We could get lost in the sauce really easily. There's a Jets pun too. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into Kelsey's second favorite part of every show, and that is, of course, the main event. And for the main event, we're going to take things to the hardwood since we are in the midst of the NBA playoffs. We mentioned earlier, as of the time you listen to this, some of these teams might be eliminated. So there's some three ones, there's some two, there's some three twos. There's a lot going on right now. So instead of trying to make predictions and things like that, we're going to do a little something different today. We're going to resort to our roots of rankings. So what yeah. we're going to do is take a look at the NBA playoffs. We're going to rank the top five players of the NBA playoffs, and that is just the playoffs. We're not going to include, oh, well, he had a great regular season. He's just slowed down. No, no, no. I don't care what you did in the regular season. We're just talking playoffs. Yes. And left, left in the playoffs. Is, yeah. I can't, as much as I would love to give De'Aaron Fox a nod for one of the best players so far in the playoffs, I can't do it. I, hey. It's against the rules. This time I will listen to said rules. Pre-finger injury, De'Aaron Fox especially as well, too. But we'll, so Malik we'll do is we'll have a nomination. Exactly. We'll go five. We'll do is we'll go five to one. We'll give our honorable mentions and then we'll go ahead and recap ours at the end as well. So I'll go ahead and start things off. Number five, I'm going with the old reliable. I'm going to go with LeBron James at number five. He has not had a great game by any means, but he hasn't really had too much of a bad game. He's had some rough shooting nights. He's shooting about 45% total, which by his standards isn't great, but by overall standards, he'll take it. Not too bad. Like the reason I'm picking him here as well, too, is he always is going to consistently give you basically 26 and seven, something like that as well, while sprinkling in a 20 and 20 with 20 points and 20 boards, while occasionally giving you like 28, seven and seven things like he's not quite LeBron of 2010, but for the overall consistency, let's see, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to say LeBron at number five for players in the playoffs. And when we hear the honorable mentions, I won't, I don't want to spoil anything ahead, but Honorable mentions, I'll explain that'll kind of explain the why I have LeBron at five. But I'm just gonna say there's been a lot of roller coasters as playoffs where he's been pretty steady. Nothing, he hasn't had an incredible game, but he hasn't had a complete stinker either. Like his worst game was probably the last one where he shot two of nine for three, but he still gave you 20, 20 plus. So give give me LeBron at number five. All right, all right. I respect it. I respect it. I have nothing against that. Uh LeBron is on my list. He's not at number five. Um, because at number five, I have the wonderkin, the mystery man, the I don't even know what is happening with this guy, Jamal Murray. 
I, I, I don't know what to expect from Jamal. You talk about roller coasters. Jamal Murray is up and down, but he is also keeping what is the highest shooting fantastic four of a Suns team I've ever seen. Like, how do you how do you keep beating the Suns as comfortably as the as as the Nuggets do? With don't get me wrong, yeah, you have Jokic. Uh, okay, Jokic aside, he's over <laughs> here. There's still three more pieces you have to stop against the Suns team. Like, you still have stopped Katie. You still have stopped Book. You still have stock, I don't know, the entire bench. Like, yet, you're continuously doing it. And it's Jamal Murray at the helm leading the way. I mean, if somebody, if somebody, I mean, he backed somebody down the other day, and the footwork in the paint was just, oh, chef's kiss. Like, like ah, oh, you can't teach it better. It was fantastic. Um, so, look, I'm going to give Jamal Murray number five right now as, as the top player. And it's not necessarily statistically speaking. It is because he is also – he is the, the, the engine right now. He's half of the engine for the Nuggets right now. He was a lot more of the engine in round one, that's for sure as well. Yeah. We're including the entire playoffs. Where round one, he kind of he kind of cooked the Timberwolves. I mean, he had a forty piece on him. Like he's he looks he's looked great. He thinks he's playing like he's in the bubble again, and it's good to see him healthy and high flying. It makes Denver even that much more dangerous, looking like a true number one seed. So, all love for Jamal Murray. He's actually spoiler alert, he made my honorable mention list. So he's. Hey. And the only reason he wasn't higher is he's had a couple of those like where it's like ten points and six assists. Like he's still been yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, he's he's had a couple couple eggs in there. Let's not let's exactly. not kid ourselves. Okay. But and speaking of having a couple of eggs in there, number four I have has had a couple of eggs. But my goodness, when he has had an omelet, it has been a fantastic omelet. I'm looking at Steph Curry. That game seven against the Kings, we know one of the better game sevens in the playoffs you'll ever see. Game two against the Lakers, fantastic. Even game five, I think he had a 30-point near triple-double as well. Problem is, in between there, he has some weird ones where he shoots like three of 14 from three and kind of falls off. He's been sensational overall. The problem is those random eggs are just such a big drop, it feels like, as well. Yeah. And then on the defensive side, we already know, like, they, Lonnie Walker was going at him in that fourth quarter. Lonnie Walker scored a lot of points on Steph Curry on defense. Obviously, I know NBA offense beats defense every time, really, for the most part, but... For the most part, it's, it's not even a knock on Steph. He's been fantastic. Just the three I have ahead of him have been a little bit better. And Steph's had a few of those. It's been mostly here. There's a little, uh, It's like mild turbulence, the one where you're like, well, that was annoying. Not, oh, my God, I'm going to die turbulence. Yeah. No. I like it. But, you know, I, I'm okay with Steph being there. Um, he is also on my list. But, again, um, maybe I have him a little bit higher. Uh, and 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 the one reason I have my guy at number number four here uh, and and I'm gonna get. I already know I'm gonna catch flack for this one. Um, I'm gonna say number four is Jimmy McBuckets. Challenge, challenge. Yeah, on the here's why: you have to play every game for your team for me to continue to, to give you a higher ranking. Because a te- when he doesn't when he doesn't play for his team, guess what? Missed one game, and they lost. They right. lost that game. And they've won they every lost. other game in the series. They still lost. But, but and that's true. And the man did score over 120 points in three games against the Bucks. So I look, I love what Jimmy does. But again, I'm still waiting for that other shoe to fall with Jimmy. And, and I'm a little bit I think the performances ahead of Jimmy are better so far. By a little bit. By a little bit. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna stop with it. I'm gonna stop there. You know what? We'll, we'll go ahead and keep rolling with it as well too. Every every list has its own thing as well too, as well. So we're gonna go ahead and move on to number three right now as well. We're gonna go with I got Nikola Jokic, the other half of that Nuggets engine as well, and he climbed this list in the last th- four games. Really, he was he was kind of in that honorable mention list because he was good against the Timberwolves. What he's done in those last two to three games against the two fire breathing dragons in Phoenix with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. He's basically him and Jamal Murray have helped really keep that in there. And what Jokic is doing, averaging 30, 11, and nine and a half or something ridiculous like that in this series. He's had an incredible series. He has been, he has looked like the best center in basketball this series. While Joel's had the injuries and obviously his last game was good, but a little up and down. But Jokic has been absolutely fantastic. Controlling the controlling the pace, controlling the action offensively, stupid efficiency. It doesn't make sense. My NBA my career player couldn't do that on NBA 2K half the time. And he does it in the most awkward loop swoop and pull like he's tying his shoes method whenever he shoots the ball it doesn't make sense but it always goes through the bottom of the net he gets guys involved when when they actually close in on jamal murray Jokic gives you 30 
And then now, well, game six, watch them be like, all right, we'll stop Jokic. He'll get you 15 assists, and Jamal will get you 40. So that one-two tandem is – I selfishly hope the Nuggets and the Sixers both get to the finals because seeing that Harden and Embiid, Jamal Murray, Jokic, two-man games going head-to-head would be absolutely fantastic. The battle of the big men, all this talk the last three years about those two for MVP, let's settle it on the biggest stage. I think that'd be fun. Don't don't think that will happen because we can't have nice things. But I, I'm going to give Jokic number three right now, and he might even be higher if he was just against the – in round one against Timberwolves, he didn't have to do much because they kind of they cooked him. And the two towers in Minnesota were not exactly doing a whole lot to stop Jokic and Jamal or Jamal Murray. So give me Jokic at three, but with potential room to climb. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm going to go at number three. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Steph. And really the reason why Steph is here at number three is really the last, this series against the Lakers. I, I feel like against the Kings, if you just took the Kings series by itself, that was insane. Uh, yeah, he's that might be the best performance from somebody in. I mean, even Game Seven in a single game. Uh, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. What Jimmy did against Milwaukee was fantastic, but it wasn't at the same level of what Steph was doing. Steph literally disheartened not just a team, a crowd, but an entire city and fan base in a third quarter to clinch it in Game Seven. It was absolutely insane. And but, it was a Game Seven. Yeah, and it was a Game Seven. And say, say what you will, 0 for 12 and, you know, last second shots, whatever. I, who cares? I don't care about that. 40, who cares? Yeah, exactly. Uh, look, maybe he's a front runner. Who cares? I don't care. Watching him watching him take people's hearts and crush them and just do it with a smile on his face and a shimmy. Like, and okay. Yeah, it was a good mouth guard half hanging out. Like, it may be a punchable moment, but you know what? You, you, get it, you do whatever you want when you're doing that. You uh, so, yeah, no, but no, I, I, I will say, like, Steph – would have been higher on this list, but right now these, this performance against the Lakers kind of struggle bust right now. He's probably the only offense for this Warriors team, which is not saying much because there's a lot of struggles there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's tough um, in this series. He would be higher if he had a better series so far against the Lakers. And on the flip side of things, my number two didn't have a better series uh, against him. So Yeah, we're on the same page. Honestly, if Steph had just a lick of help from anybody else, he might be higher because he might not have to do everything. Like, he's basically Cleveland LeBron right now, it feels like, what he's having to do. Because Draymond's terrible right now for the most part, especially playing against LeBron. You could tell that that, them being bros, I don't care what anyone says, you could tell he doesn't have the same tenacity and fire. He's not stepping on people's chests or anything like that. Like, he's he's not Draymond flying 13 feet over the edge. Jordan Poole gave you zero in a game. Man's making $100 million and gave you zero. Clay does... I don't know if he's just waiting until game six and hoping that they get to a game six, but he has not looked like Clay for the most part. He had a moment in game two, but other than that, Clay has not looked like Clay. It's been Steph, save us. And that he has not had too much success, but he's looked great doing it. So I agree. Like Steph's been fantastic as well. For me, number two, I mentioned it that one of the fire breathing dragons coming out of Phoenix, I'm going with Devin Booker. He's averaging like 40 points a game in the play. Not quite 40. He's about 30 something right now. And he's doing it on absolute asinine efficiency. He was at 62% from the field and 50% from three and averaging about 30-something going into that last game against the Nuggets. He had his worst game of the playoffs, and he shot eight of 19, which is not real. When you think about it, that's a little below 50%. That's not too bad, and he still gave you north of 20. He just got a little cold in the second half. I know he has Kevin Durant. That's part of the reason he's at number two is he has Kevin Durant. That makes things a whole lot easier. But at the same time, they start the Nuggets has looked like, okay, we can't just ignore him. They're pretty much... More or less, Darren Kevin Durant to beat him, it feels like, as well. They're like, all right, we got to find a way to slow down Devin Booker, at least. He's been sensational offensively all over the – he's been absolutely sensational offensively. I don't think there's anything else. like For a perimeter player to shoot 60% in the playoffs through just two rounds, Stupid. it's absolutely asinine. And it's it's not all just like wide-open threes, not catch-and-shoot spot-up threes or something. He's driving and pulling up mid-ranges, floaters. He's he's taking dumb well, shots at going in in traffic and hitting the threes. And he's also shooting 52% from three. Exactly. Like, so on top of it, you, if you, you, don't you, close you, out... you don't just, yeah, you don't just shoot 60% unless you're a big man. That's that's the only time you ever shoot 60% is like a Giannis in, in the regular season. Jokic, yeah. Like you're dunking. But you don't, you don't double that with a 52% three point shooting when you're shooting six, almost six threes a game. Like that's, that's just stupid statistics. So I, I 100% agree with you here. He's playing, I think it was 2K21 or 20 or 20, where those like coming off the pick fading mid-range shots were money every time he picked a playmaking shot creator. That stupid game. I hate that one because I hated playing those people on the playground. 
because they just come off a pick and fade from the free throw line and go in every time. He's doing a real life. So I guess maybe they were two years ahead of their time with Devin Booker. I don't know what it is, but he's, he has been absolutely sensational so far. So I have Devin Booker at number two, but honestly, he's not that far off from number one. If, because he has Kevin Durant on his team help as a nice, uh, that's a nice, it's nice to have Kevin Durant there. It makes everything a little bit easier. So I have him at number two, but not really by his own performance. Him and who I have at number one have both been sensational. Yeah. So I got to say, uh, my number two, it's this is really a situation where I'm kind of maybe just living in my past predictions. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the case. Maybe I just am, am in love with a guy who gets a bunch of blocks. Uh, but I'm going to go Anthony Davis here, number two. I think Anthony Davis, while he has gone up and down, his performance day in and day out, 21 points a game, 14 rebounds, 3.7 blocks a game in the 10 playoff games so far this year. By the way, also giving you one and a half steals per game. What? From a big man? You're telling me this guy is responsible for nearly five turnovers a game. He will give your team five opportunities that they wouldn't normally have, not including rebounds. Like, so if you include it all together, defensive rebounds, he's giving you 15 attempts because 10 of it, he averages about 10 defensive rebounds a game. Like he's giving you 15 extra attempts to go and beat the other team. That is stupid. That's a stupid, stupid help. Like, yeah. It's it is just it is just silly that you can play that kind of defense consistently night in and night out. Sure, his offense has been struggled, but his defense has been top notch. And honestly, I kind of want to take back my Jaron Jackson defensive player of the year and give it to Anthony Davis right now because if I give a defensive player of the year for the play, for the playoffs, it's going to Anthony Davis. It is so stupid what he's doing. Might be one of the better defensive performances we've seen from a big man in the playoffs in a long time. I think since the Admiral. Uh, is, is about how far or Hakeem. Uh, I mean, those are about as how far you have to go back for a quality big man defensive performance like what we're seeing. I will say when he is on, when he is playing like like Anthony Davis, my goodness, my goodness, he has been absolutely incredible. That 30 and 20 game he's had, like he has been – exactly. When you throw in those even numbers, that's why I had had him kind of as my honorable mention because when he's at his best, as you mentioned, he is the top player in the playoffs, arguably. Yeah, like he's yeah. one two. Those damn random 11-point games he throws in there just to piss me oh, off sometimes. No. Like, it bugs me. But then he'll give you eight blocks in a game. I'm like, exactly. He, he, he gives you He gives you 11 points, but he'll give you, like you said, 11 blocks in that – or eight blocks in an 11-point game. So it's like, okay, here you go, buddy. Like, I'm okay with this. Like, I can accept an 11-point game if you're giving me quality defense. Like, so. he's – he has been absolutely sensational when he's at his best. And right now, they'll be at the time of us recording this right now. For those of you who are listening live or those who are listening afterwards, they will be playing game, game five coming up here soon as well, too, I believe. So I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, later tonight. Yeah, so the up 3 1. I want to see him and LeBron both come out there. A game, put him away because don't let game six Clay come to town. That's when it gets scary. Don't, I know he's, I know I mentioned he's been terrible in the playoffs, but don't, don't let that happen. So don't let, Draymond, get, don't let Draymond get involved. Just shut yeah, him down. Just, Continue letting him make him stomp on your chat. No, Anthony Davis will be out for two series if you let him step. And hopefully, like, for their sake, just, Jordan Poole doesn't start shooting soon. Hopefully, they don't insert the baddies into the crowd, or that will mean that they were going with as well. So hopefully, that doesn't happen. But that's going to take me to my number one player in the playoffs. And challenge flag rescinded. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm sticking with Jimmy buckets. I'm just going to I'm just going to go down the list here really quick. Just bear with me, guys. We're we're going to do some we're going to do some math. Thirty five, twenty five. 30, 56, 42, 25, 28, 27. Those have been his point totals. F- 55 points, 55 just round up to 56, 67, 63, 68, 52, 50, 43, 53. That's his field goal percentage in each game as well, too. He's been absolutely sensational offensively, defensively. We know what he brings to the table as well. Did miss the one game they lost by three, came yes. right back and cooked. No, he only missed one. He's only played eight games this playoff. They they were yeah, they won they won. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're my bad, my bad. And speaking of which, oh, they beat the Bucks, the best record in basketball, in five games. And the one game that they did lose was when Giannis didn't play, if I'm not mistaken, as well, too, which I ironic how that worked out. But he's been absolutely sensational. He's given you eleven assists, ten assists in multiple games. He's given you an eleven rebound game as a two guard as well. He's given you north of 90% of free throw in some games, north of 80 in others. Had some free throw games in there. They're not quite as great. 
And on top of that, all as well, defensively, offense, he's done it with really no offensive help. You can rely on game in and game out because Tyler Hero broke his hand earlier. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe Vincent and Dan, and Dan Max Struess, those are kind of your shooters. Duncan Robinson is still MIA, just kind of collecting checks to play two minutes. Bam out of bio is those Anthony Davis like Davis like ups and downs. He's pretty much that, but his ups are not nearly the 30 and 20. His ups are like 19 and 10. And you're like, heck yeah, we got a bam game. But then his down games are eight and four. Like he's 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 great value, Anthony Davis. Sometimes he he kills me with some of those games when you think he should dominate. And then the game winning shot against the Bucs as well, too. In clutch time, the 56 points against the league's best team. His plus minus in all these games is absolutely incredible as well, too. My, so I'm going. I'm going to go with Jimmy Buckets, Devin Booker, right there. Honestly, the splitting factor for me is one has Kevin Durant, one has Gabe Struess. Like, and they're doing this as an eight seed, so they had to play the extra play in tournament games on top of it as well. Give me, give me Jimmy Buckets for the best in the playoffs right now. With obviously, it looks like they, they could still lose to the Knicks. They could still choke a three one. Doubt it. They could happen. I think. I think he's he's comfortable with one for me as well. And I'm curious to see what the Suns do to get out from down three two to the Nuggets because. If Devin Booker goes absolutely ballistic and gets them out of that one, it could change pretty quickly. So I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler at number one. I know you had him before. We actually have a disagreement. It's nice we don't have the exact same list, so that makes it a little fun for me. But the challenge flag is still in hand, depending on who you have in number one. Uh, number one is Devin Booker. Okay, and it shouldn't even it shouldn't even be a question that this man has had the best performance of the playoffs. I know Jimmy's been fantastic. But let's just run back through the statistics real fast, okay? In 10 games, two more games than Jimmy's played, 35.9 points a game, 7.1 assists per game, 5.2 rebounds a game. He's also given you 18 steals and eight blocks total in the game in the in the in the playoffs. So 1.8 steals a game and 0.8 blocks per game. Uh, again, let's not forget the shooting percentage: 60.1% field goal percentage and 51.7% from three. By the way, Jimmy shooting 56.1 from the field, 39.4 from three. Just to throw that out there. So, you know, statistically, defensively, Devin Booker has been better than Jimmy and been giving you better rebounds per game, averaging better steals per game, better blocks per game. So I'm just going to go with the obvious answer here, Devin Booker. And I don't feel terrible at all about this pick. As much as I I probably should have put Jimmy a little higher, but at the end of the day, Booker is getting you buckets. He's getting you defense to get you even more buckets because KD's just sitting on the wing, just staring at Booker. I mean, I'm kidding, actually. But you All right, where's that challenge flag now? Hold on, my guy. Hold on. Now we're going to go down some of these in, 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 numbers. In the game winning, in, in the, in, what is it? The game winning shot he had the other night, or clinching shot, I should say, as the clock was winding down. KD just literally stood there. It was like, I'm not moving. I don't care. And then Booker puts up the shot. And then, Booker touches that ball. It is not moving. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he knows Booker's gonna 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 score. But I, I mean, I will say, like between the two of them, you you think one of the two would be up here? Uh, it's actually to me, I'm more surprised that Book is the 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 having the better playoffs than KD, just because it's KD that you expect greatness from KD. Uh, but Booker is showing what he's all about at the end of the day, and uh, I think adding in the statistics defensively is really what what kind of pushed me up to have Booker up here. Um, I almost went with a big guy. Like I thought about putting a Jokic or an Embiid up here when I first started this list, and then I was like, I can't justify that. Like as much as I would love to, I can't justify having a big guy up here, even though statistics because just because statistically they couldn't couldn't hold a candle up here. So I do yeah. want to point out too. We kind of talk about Kevin Durant might not look his absolute best in this playoffs. He's still given in the last five games. He's gone twenty nine and a twenty nine and thirteen, twenty four eight, twenty thirty nine nine and eight. 36, 11, and 6, 26, 7, and 11. He, he oh, yeah, he's still, still been absolutely incredible nonetheless. Like, he's arguably could have been closer, higher on this list if we didn't have some uh, yeah. those ones. He could have made one of he, our lists. He's actually, in my opinion, he's actually, in my in my honorable mention, because he's giving you 29.6 points a game, almost 10 rebounds, so 9.1 rebounds a game, and 5.5 and assists a game. Uh, so, like, his, his statistics are fantastic. It's just, unfortunately, it's like, Here's Devin Booker taking up all the shine, and then there's Katie, which is like if you actually took away Devin Booker's performance, then you have Jimmy and then KD in performances this playoff. Like that's kind of how it ends up, like offensively looking. Even it's though I didn't of, rank it that way, 
it's kind of funny when you look into Devin Booker's normally career wise has been a higher volume, higher points guy where Kevin Durant's been efficient, kills you on 10, 10 to 17 shots. It feels like playoffs. They have flipped on their head where Kevin Durant is high volume, giving you those points where Devin Booker has been efficient sniper. And also, as RJ mentioned too, Kevin Durant's been really good from the help defensive end with blocks as well to multiple three, two block games of five or sorry, that was a two block game, three block game. He's, He's been really good from that help defensive yeah, role. He's using his goddamn pterodactyl wingspan that for help side defense every time. Like they about one point four blocks a game. He's giving you so not bad exactly. for a small forward. Not too bad as well. I know he's a thousand feet tall, but and really plays two positions just by expanding his arms. He's like, well, I got the paint guys. They run into my chest. That'll hurt, but they can't go. They they're not going to go around me. For my honorable mentions, I'll just go really quickly. Honorable mentions at Anthony Davis, and I also had Kevin Durant as well as an honorable mention. I'll also throw in Joel Embiid. If he didn't get hurt, he might have a chance. That that injury kind of kills it. When you miss two games, then your first game back, you struggle. So not too far off. But I'm just going to recap my list really quick. Best players of left in the NBA playoffs so far this playoff run. Number five, LeBron James. Number four, Steph Curry. Number three, Nikola the Joker Jokic. Number two, Devin Booker, the absolute flamethrower. And number one, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler for the Heat. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh so my honorable mention, uh, Jokic, Embiid, um, as I mentioned, LeBron, um, all in those honorable mentions there. Um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like some of these guys, KD as well in the honorable mentions. I feel like I could have I could have done probably more here with my list. People probably wouldn't have hated me as much. Um, but you know what? Day. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but it is, you know, at the end of the day, it, it is what it is. I don't even remember. Who would I say is number two? Number two. Do we even remember? Trying to remember who did you say was number two? Oh, Anthony Davis. Okay, I was like, you, you got me lost now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, was sorry, too, I, was, I was too busy complaining about Jimmy Butler at four. I forgot a couple of them. Oh, 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 actually, hold on. I have the perfect answer for this because Harden, honorable mention. No, no, James Harden, honorable mention because that man has turned down so many easy shots walking into the paint where everybody just goes everywhere else. And that man has the nothing but the hoop and he Ben Simmons it. He Ben Simmons for two whole games, and I'm never giving an honorable mention to somebody who Ben Simmons is two whole games. Like, no, never. Which Last is weird. Game. Those two games between the Ben Simmons, he looks like prime James Harden with Houston. He's like prime James yeah. Harden with Houston, Ben Simmons. He, his roller coaster and Anthony Davis's roller coaster make me puke. And I love roller coasters, but not like those ones. Those ones I'd be scared for my life. Yeah. So, anyways, my top, my top five here, starting from five, going to one. Jamal Murray, number five. Uh, more for what he's actually doing on the court, the eye test versus the statistics. Number four, and I'm again going to catch flack for this, Jimmy McBuckets. Uh, love what Jimmy Butler's been doing. Just missed a game, so can't put you up higher. Uh, Steph, number three, just what he did in the King series. He would be higher, but Anthony Davis is at number two. And Devin Booker, the man, the myth, legend, right now is at number one. Absolutely. I wonder. Wonderful, wonderful performances and plenty more to come as well, too. Definitely stick around. We'll be talking a lot more playoffs as well, too. And maybe we'll maybe we'll try and revisit this after the playoffs conclude. We'll see how much has changed, how much is the same, or maybe it doesn't change at all, which could be a finals prelude. We'll have to wait and see. There's a lot that we could look forward to as I well. I do know Luca is not going to make, make it on my list in the near future. So, And I don't get in trouble for that one. You find you finally made it. Just took it. Just took three straight years of pain, but you finally got to the, got to that point now as well. So yep. all it took was you picking him for MVP, basically. But that's gonna do single handedly ruin Lucas' season. That's all it took was you finally just had to believe. But that's gonna do it for the main event here, and that's now gonna take us into Kelsey's Kelsey's favorite part of every show, and that is of course the that is of course crunch time. Brought to you by our good friends over at Outlier Code High Low Sports backslash Outlier dot backslash High Low Sports. Go and get yourself a free seven-day trial. Best smarter, not harder. See if you can win some money on some of these trends and other things that you find to make your make your bets a little bit easier. So we both have ourselves a little bit of a rant here today. Would you like to rant first, or would you like me to rant? I'm going to let you go first. I just had my rant on uh, on James Harden, so I'll let you go first. All right, we'll let you recover a little bit for your next rant. So I'm going to keep mine quick and easy. It's not too bad. It's cringy in the cage. These After a main event fight... They have had multiple times to bring like their next opponent if it's already determined like who the number one contenders, et cetera. Or if it's a number one contender fight, they bring the champion in. They have a little face off in the cage. It's always so cringeworthy and so uncomfortable. One of those guys is just coming in there, basically knows he has to try and sell a fight. He can't just go in there and say, Hey, good job. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you up. It turns into a turns into verbal warfare every time, but not in a normal way. The other guy just fought in a fight. He's exhausted. He's still covered in sweat, hasn't even had a shower, or even had like a post-game snack or anything. Like 
these the face-offs in the cage afterwards in theory they sound great but they're always cringy we saw it this last just this last saturday with sean o'malley and aljamain sterling it's gonna be a great fight it's a fun matchup on paper and at any given moment one of those guys could possibly could win the fight at any given moment with the way they both fight and you made you took a little bit of the steam out of because i had to wa- hear them talk and yell and go back and forth in the cage and it was very uncomfortable and it i don't it was just very cringy, honestly. It was very cringy. The funniest part was when Sean gave his jacket to one of Aljamain's corner men, and he just put it on and was just starting wearing it with a big old smile on his face in the backdrop of the picture. That was the best part about the whole thing. But no more in-the-cage post-fight face-offs. They're cringy. They're uncomfortable. And frankly, they don't. I don't think they do a whole lot to sell more often than not. Yeah, uh, I got to say, um, I hate I've – I've said this many times. I hate the current day and age's level of trash talk, quote-unquote, it is obvious not a single one of these people spent any time in a Modern Warfare or Modern Warfare 2 online lobby back in the day. I don't mean the new version, the new PC version of it. No, I mean the cold, cold-hearted, devil-of-a-person lobbies. And those were Xbox terrible. You learned, though. You learned at an age that you needed to talk trash to survive. These guys don't know what these guys don't know how to talk trash. I, I'm sitting here watching it and I'm like, wow, they're literally throwing stuffed animals at each other with words. Like that's what it feels like. I'm I feel like I'm watching a teletubby come flying across and smack the other person in the face, like <laughs> like no, that is not trash talking. I, I'm doing a better job of trash talking them than they did in the ring. It is so terrible. I 100 percent agree. Please get rid of this UFC, any MMA, any fighting sport. I don't I hate I hate it. Anything you're gonna talk trash in the lead up press conferences anyway. Why don't do it while one person's been sitting down watching an event the whole time and the other person just got done fighting and is it like they're not on their mental P's and Q's at that point and it's just weird and uncomfortable. Uh, and you can't undo it. They're probably both not on their P's and Q's because the one sitting there watching is probably pretty saying, like they're both they're both not on their P's and Q's. Like it's not the best, it's just uncomfortable. They will get plenty of time to talk trash leading up to it. They can literally post on Twitter and talk trash at any time. We don't need to force this on. We don't need to force this on. No more. No more, because at least the the Twitter you know keyboard warriors can get involved, and that's where the real entertainment comes in. That's um, where you see some of those Modern Warfare two guys come out from the woodworks, like, "All right, my time is back. It's been thirty years, but I've returned." Yeah, those the, I don't hide your kids, hide your wife if you ever have to replay you one get of those lobbies. In those lobbies, like you 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 go out, you go in one way, you come out a completely different. Battle Harden was no no longer a perk just on Call Call of Duty. There, it was. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So so you're going cringe in the cage. I'm going. MLB expansion, and more importantly, the Orlando quote-unquote dreamers. Dreamers. Talk about a terrible name. Um, Let's just start with that. Uh, Pat Williams taking over, uh, leading the cause for the uh, potential Orlando MLB expansion team. Calling his his team the dreamers. Uh, On top of that, if you go to their website, the logo quite literally looks like the logo for the Little League, or the Cooperstown Field of Dreams tournament if you guys have never seen it it is quite literally just a baseball field with two baseball bats on it that's what it is and except for the dreamers just has dreamers written across it with some stars in a team where your 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 sports teams are the magic you used to have the miracle you're gonna go with dreamers that's gonna be your first thought uh you know i maybe maybe you blow something out of the sea maybe you can go you know voyagers journeymen anything is better than 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 dreamers to begin with uh, if you guys also don't know, uh, Oakland is now no longer going to be Oakland in the future. They had just agreed to with Valley Sports. They're going to be moving to Las Vegas to buy out the old Tropicana Casino, and that's where they'll build, build, be building their new stadium. So basically right across the street from the Excalibur, if you know anything about Vegas. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. But, again, names, guys. Can we get better names? Like, it shouldn't be this hard. Like, the, we had the Guardians fiasco last year or two years yeah last year where they didn't even do a google search of in their own city of guardians as a sports team they missed that one had to pay a lot of money for that by the way now you have the rays potentially moving to orlando to be called the dreamers or alternatively if you look on their website as an faq the they will crowdsource a name and ladies and gentlemen i hope for the crowdsourcing name because if we know anything about crowdsourcing names, you get things like baseball, make baseball face or that's a G reverse. what they're going to get seems McGinnis baseball. I don't know. You, you come up with something. 
it's going to probably be there. They're probably going to cut out all the non-G-rated versions, but there's going to be some hilarious names, and I cannot wait for the crowdsourcing of a name. Um, also, I really hope it doesn't go to Orlando because if you guys remember we way back in the way back time machine, we did have uh, Rick Curdle on from Charlotte for the Charlotte Bats expansion conversation uh, way back when. That's in the way back time machine somewhere on YouTube. You can go check out that old interview. About a year um, ago, now, actually. Yeah, exactly. About <laughs> one year ago, exactly. Uh, so Charlotte is still in the running, by the way. Um, hopefully they they are getting a nomination before uh, the Orlando Dreamers because I don't need to see a baseball team with Dreamers on the name because, no, you're already playing a kid's game for a living. You're not dreaming. There's no dreaming anymore at that point in time. You're already living the dream. So, well, at I least know. somebody will be able to have the t- title as Dreamcatcher as their new as their new. Oh, gosh. Post. No, That's no. Well. Oh, There's no. It. On top of that, if you donate, you get a little souvenir ticket that says you're part of the Dream Team. Can't make this up. Yeah, that's things of nightmare. So we're going to wrap it up there before we give it, before we ruin anything else. We appreciate you all so much for joining us here this Wednesday evening, or if you're hearing us on one of your later podcast episodes, we appreciate you all for joining us and we will see you all again next week.